The Laughter Permitted Podcast and the Season 5 Dopies are brought to you by Ally, our sponsor from the very start. We love them. Ally, do it right. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Hello! It's Julie Fowdy alongside Lynn Olzawi. Hi, Lynn! Julie! We are back, sister! It's so good to be here and back with the Dope Village. Yes, we are back. We're super pumped about it. And as you all know, season six is about to start. So you also know what that means. We give out awards from the last season. Cue the crowd noise, Lynn. Welcome to the season five Dopies. Some have called it the greatest award show ever to exist in the history of the entire world. <laughs> Some, most, everyone. Season six starts actually on October 13th, but before we get that going, let's take a look back at some of the highlights from season five and let's dish out some dopies, shall we? Here we go. Our first dopey goes to the first guest we had on season five. Jules, someone you know well, the living legend herself, Abby Wambach. Abigail. And because of Abby's never-ending pursuit to elevate women, which we love, we are giving her the Own That Shit Award. Oh yes, you're going to enjoy this one. One thing that I know to be true is that I am still forging ahead and trying to lay bricks and a path for the players who come behind me to have a better experience than I did right here in my fifth year of retirement. Um, not many people know this, but I have been able to make probably three times as much money in my retirement than I did as a national team player in the 15 years that I played. Um, and I say that for a reason, not because I want to brag about how much money I've made. Cause it's, you know, it's not crazy amount. But I say it because we still have a long way to go mm -hmm. on how we're paying our athletes and the life that they will be able to step into in their retirement. Um, you know, I stood on stage next to, to Kobe and, and Peyton and made Kobe rest in peace um, on that SB stage. And the, the three of us just walked into very different retirements. Um, I am hell bent on making sure that doors are open and not just the doors, but the tables that you walk into and sit around aren't mm -hmm. just chairs because that still insinuates that table is being owned by somebody else. Mm -hmm. We need to own the shit, Jules. Mm -hmm. We need to own the shit. So I am trying to figure out unique and creative ways um, to own the shit. <laughs> Um, not just for me, but for all of us, you know, I Great think that company. that's why we all, that's why we all jumped at the chance of being a part of Angel City FC. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is where the power lies and that is how we actually change the world institutionally from the ground up, not just from the top down. So for that's me, so we're funny. I just had that conversation with a friend. I was like, yeah. huh? you know what? I'm going to start owning stuff. I'm going to start getting <laughs> equity and stuff. 
yes. having to work for something? I'm going to start yes. owning. And she's like, yes. oh, go, sister. I was like, yes. yes. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, when I retired, Kobe, he was starting his own um, investment fund. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to invest. And I was like, yes, I want to invest. And he's like, okay, the minimum is $500,000. Yo, okay. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, thank you very much. Good talk. I, I got to go find a job um, for the next Get few years to be, able to, to be able to pay, pay my minimum here. Talking to Do you do a layaway? Do, do you do a layaway? <laughs> um, so, so what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, I'm finding myself in uh, conversations in the finance and the investment world. I'm very interested in, in early stage agent investing, venture capital mm-hmm. investing. And um, I'm trying to figure out a way that democratizes investments for um, not just professional women in sport, um, but just for women. Uh, I love me some Abigail, especially when she uses the word democratizes. <laughs> Great work. Our Abby all grown up. Someone else we came to love and adore, Adia Barnes, head coach of Arizona's basketball team. Mm -hmm. And Adia told us this epic story of her actually pumping during halftime of the national championship game. So Adia earns the pump, pump it up, pump it up (laughs) award. There's possibly another first in there. And that is you pumping at halftime of a national championship I, I, game. I Do I don't know if we know if that's officially the first, but ah, oh, so good. And when Holly Rowe but, says it coming out of halftime, I, I it was wasn't like, so. For, okay, let me tell you what's going on. So nor, we do that all the time. Like we're women. Like you know, we have babies. Like we pump. Okay, that's what we do. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I had to pump because I didn't have time before the game. So normally I always pumped, like I, I kept the last 25 minutes and I pumped. I talked to the team, I had a routine and I pumped so then I could, I wouldn't have pain during the game. So mm-hmm. for the championship game, I had media stuff. There wasn't really a space. I didn't have time. So I didn't have time to pump. So I was like, I'll be okay. Like, let me just kind of just suck it up. Like I don't have time anyway. So I got to deal with it. So during the game, I was like, ooh. Like, you can feel you know, it too, like, yeah. I, I got kind of probably pumped for a second. I didn't really know it's like kind of the end of the second quarter. And I was like, I, I probably need to pump for five minutes. So I, I, I didn't want like on national television with like 5 million people watching, like to have wet spots. Yeah, because so that's like, real. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's real. So it, I was it, like, it comes out when you don't, you're like, oh, I'm bursting. It's coming. Yeah, and I don't want to like touch me. It's like, you know, like you see like a wet ring. I would have died. I would have never coached again in my life. So um, I was like, you guys, I got to pump for two minutes. So I booked it in the locker room while the girls would give them five minutes anyways. I was like, I need to pump. So I'd like put on the things real quick. And I was pumping as I was talking to the staff, writing down my second half stop thoughts. And then so I didn't have time to like take everything off. So I had like the nursing bra and I had these cups on both sides, right? <laughs> and so I'm talking to the team and I have like the blanket over. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, you know, they've seen me pump before. So I was like, okay, these are the three adjustments for second half. Like you couple off. During the national championship game. I mean, this is just yeah. phenomenal. Okay, so I'm sitting there like this with two, <laughs> but I have like the blanket over me and I'm talking to the team. I tucked it in on top so it didn't fall. It falls. So it falls and like you see like my stomach and you see like these two plastic things and I was like, oh sorry guys. I pick it up before I'm fucking embarrassed as hell. Excuse the French. <laughs> and so like I pull it up 
And like, I, I used to go back to talking, but everybody started cracking up. Like they were, and I was like, I was like, at least I'm not embarrassed. And they laughed. It like broke the ice. Yeah. And that, so that, and then after that, I let the girls go out. I had to go like, take my bra, put the things I put the milk on, put it in the fridge. And like, I'm doing my bra, like, I'm, you know, these nursing bras. Yeah. I'm like doing my bra as I'm like walking out. So I didn't tell Holly. But someone must, I was like, we had a minute left, so I'd like book it. And right. someone must have like she was pumping, you know, like yeah. I never told, I don't know how she knew that. Yeah. Now, if you are a loyal member of the Dope Village, you know we like to mix it up every once in a while by having a non-sports guest on. So we had on former CNN anchor Brooke Baldwin to talk about her fantastic book called Huddle. In our episode with Brooke, she tells the story of when she was live on air on CNN, faced a moment when she straight up trusted her instincts and did not back down. So the best mic drop moment ever, as in literally dropping the mic award goes to our friend, Brooke Baldwin. It, it kind of reminded me of two of you on air when you tell that story in the book of the the shock jock or the whose two priorities in life was are two things he only yeah we, the man the, who shall not be named who we will call the boob yes. yeah yeah the first amendment and boobs oh yeah all he cared about boobs. was the first amendment and boobs and you were like wait yeah. excuse me did you say boobs like how many yeah. times did i literally you... on live national i think i was watching that live spell the word because you know we second guess ourselves as women and i knew he was saying this word i had a male producer in my ear essentially saying to me like move on Brooke he thought he said booze and then like a boss is calling the control room telling him to tell me to move on male what was on. the context again I'm trying to think back to this one it was around I think it was Jamel Hill, Hill and yeah. what the president at the t Trump had said about her at the time and having we were going to have this conversation on air and it's just like out of left field out of left field this guy comes on and starts talking about these two things. And I was just like, you know, you have those moments in life where you, and, and when you're on live television, you have to think like, you know, on the, on the soccer field, like you just have to react very quickly. You yeah. can't overthink something in the moment. And I just knew what I heard, but even then I was second guessing myself uh -huh. and I had to make, I was like, B double O B S. Like I had to nail it down. <laughs> and he was like, yes. And I was like, yes. See ya. Boobs. Well, See and ya. you have two men. That was part of the story. That was incredible. Not one, but two men telling you that telling you, you were wrong. On. I don't know if they were thinking there was no way this guy would come on TV and talk about boobs, let alone like with a woman host, but that's exactly what it was. And so they, and I just had to and finally just push back on that. Cause I just knew I knew what he was saying, you know, and I have learned, I've learned from that moment to go with your gut yeah. and speak the F up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, <laughs> I, I was thinking as I'm reading this, oh crap, that would have been so hard. Cause I have my producer in my ear and his boss, which is my mm -hmm. boss mm -hmm. saying, mm -hmm. move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you stayed with it, mm -hmm. which I commend you for. And then you basically said, uh, you're done and you cut yeah. him off cut Bye. his mic and then they, they faded to black for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really then good. my phone blew up with all these people like, did he really? <laughs> what? You know, <laughs> how did you feel in that moment? I felt overwhelmed and confused and effing and effing furious. All of the things I was feeling and just very conflicted. 
very conflicted. Did your huddle show up for you then? I, that was a time when it was sort of like pre real strong huddle. So, I mean, I had great singular women. So actually I take that back. Yes. I had a huddle at CNN and I remember that day it was a Friday afternoon when it all happened. And these three women came and plopped into my office and they were like, get Meredith on the phone. This woman, Meredith, who runs CNN.com. And they were like, Brooke, you've got to write an opinion piece about what just happened. You know, I was so furious after that moment. Like that's when I really got mad and I came back to my office and I was like, I just want to go home and drink wine. <laughs> and, um, and, and instead I sat there for a couple more hours and wrote this opinion piece, how oh, wow. like, yes, in whatever year it was, you know, this is still happening. It, it, to this point about like taking too much and we, as women take too much, we're far yeah. too patient. Yeah. Um, we had a joke back on the national team days, uh, where I would turn to Mia Hamm in our uh, buffet line of wherever, you know, crappy hotel we were staying yeah. at. Yeah. And I would say, how many years, how many years till I get my effing cheddar cheese? I just want cheddar cheese. Is that too much to ask for? Is it? Apparently, and because it was craft American slices all the time. It was oh. crappy craft oh. American slices, and uh, sorry, craft, but that's crappy. Yeah, and um, and so I would, and I would say to the GM or whoever our manager was, like, can we Please just get, can I get my cheddar? Can I just get cheddar cheese? Isn't that much to ask? Did so they ever? Became, no, never, you never got, got cheddar, cheddar cheese. cheese. How many years? So that became my every time we get in the line, I'd be like, how many years? How many years, Mia? But what I was saying was, how many years till you take it seriously? How many years till you start telling people who we are? How many years till you start taking us, you know, as just an afterthought? So do we think they're getting cheddar cheese now? Do you think you paved the way for the cheddar cheese? I, I feel good about the fact that they are definitely getting cheddar cheese yes! now. Yes! They're getting Gouda. They're getting mm. free. They're getting So fancy. Oh, See, look what you did. I know. Look what you did that for them. And, and real chocolate chip cookies. That's all I really cared about. Mm. I didn't care about what else was on the table. Um, I know you're a big deal, Julie Fowley. But it's just these, like, it's, it's, it's being an afterthought. And finally, yes. like, oh. So in that moment yes. where he was like, no, cut his damn mic. I'm yeah, done with see this. Ya. I was like, oh, hell yes, you are, Brooke. Go. Thank you, sister. Thank you, sister. Aw, lots of huddle love going on there. <laughs> One guest I really enjoyed spending time with as well was WNBA champion and rock star Candace Parker. We spoke with Candace about her experience playing for Pat Summit at Tennessee. And in this clip, Candace talks about what she learned from Pat when it comes to dealing with adversity in life. For that reason, Candace gets the Left Foot, Right Foot, Breathe, Repeat Award. You have obviously accomplished so much in your career, but it hasn't been without challenges at time at times. And in particular, 2016 in your in your career was was a year where Pat passed away. And that summer you weren't chosen for the Rio Olympics after having won two Olympic gold medals. But what's remarkable is that same year you go on to win your first WNBA championship, WNBA finals MVP. So in looking back at that year at that time, how did you work through the adversity that was going on in your life? I got a tattoo when I found out Pat was sick. Um, because I remember the first time I went and saw her um, when I first found out. And of course, she went through the whole spiel. Like, if you throw me a pity party, you're going to be the only one there. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to live my life. Um, and I'm going to continue to love what I do. 
And I went to visit her and I was like, coach, you know, cause I've gone through injuries. I've had eight knee surgeries, shoulder surgery, had a baby. Like, it's just like, you go through your ups and downs of your career. And I asked coach, I was like, you know, when things get hard, how do you handle things? And she said, you know, you put one foot in front of the other, you left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat. Mm. And so I got that tattooed on my forearm because I want to live like that. You know, when things get difficult, you put one foot in front of the other, you breathe and you repeat it. And I'm not saying it gets easier, but you, you're able to kind of tolerate it. You're able to find the good in things and you're able to process it a little bit better. And although I'll never understand, you know, why things like that happen in life or with coach, you know, getting sick, but at the same time, you realize like, I was so lucky to know her and I was so lucky to love her. And um, usually there's good that comes from, you know, everything, or there's reflection that comes from everything. And so I think that that's kind of what she has equipped me to do is to process things and to be okay with being sad, um, but continue to move forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I had to do that summer. And, you know, earlier that year in that um, right, I want to say right in the spring is when I found out that I didn't make the Olympic team. And I think the biggest thing to me is um, I'm a fair, like, I'm like, that's not fair, you know? And for a long time, I was upset because I knew it was more so angry because if I, if they knew I wasn't going to make the team, no matter what I did, I, I averaged a triple double at one of the training camps. Like yeah. we went on a European trip and, you know, Gino was telling me all this and all that about, you know, I was trying to be one of the best players in the world and all this. And, and to me, I'm like, I'm one of those, like, it's this way or that way. Like you said this, or this is the way it was. And I think at that moment, I understood when things just aren't fair, you still have to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. Mm. And that's what I did. And honestly, I think if I wouldn't have put one foot in front of the other and looking back, my knee was not healthy. So if I would have played, maybe we wouldn't have won the first WNBA championship. But at the end of the day, um, I, I mean, I've moved past it. And then, you know, looking back, I got a call to, to be a part of the 2020 Olympics and I looked at my daughter and I said, you know, sometimes when things aren't fair, when somebody doesn't treat you right, you don't keep going back. And Ooh. so for me, I was like, I'm good. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've got two, two Olympic gold medals um, and I'm going to try to do other things. And so I think that that's kind of been my mentality towards, you know, that situation um, going forward. Left foot, right foot, breathe. Repeat. 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 <laughs> Don't I'm forget to write that repeats. one down. I love that. Such words of wisdom. And speaking of wise words, it's time. Yes, it is, Lynn. It's it's overtime to give <laughs> mental skills guru and dear friend Dr. Colleen Flash Hacker her due. We get so many comments from the Dope Village about the episodes we do with Colleen and all of the hackerisms we learn. So we are proud to choose to give her the Power of Choice Award. How does giving ourselves some credit every once in a while and considering how we've grown when maybe it doesn't even feel like we have help us? Perspective. 
perspective. It, it's like the analogy of, of hiking up a mountain or climbing a mountain or, or some metaphor like that, that if all that you do is climb and look up, you just climb and look up, the only thing you will see is how far you have to go. Mm. That's it. Still not there. <laughs> Still not there. You just, you just reinforced how far away from the goal you are. But as you climb, when you turn around and look down, you recognize how far you've come and that's motivating and mm. that's energizing. And you recognize that your efforts matter, that your work has been rewarded. And then if you take a moment to pause and look out, you recognize you're part of this larger landscape. And that choice is yours. It's why I say so often, so ask me how much I love the title of your book, Jules, but the most powerful gift we've been given is our power to choose. Like we, we have that choice. We really have that choice. And, and what I want to say to people is exploit your sense of choice. Exploit it. Mm, wow. you, can, you can exploit your choice. And, and I say, if you're going to do something anyway, Right. Think of how many tasks we're going to do anyway. We're going to wash the dishes or we're going to vacuum or we're going to wash our car or we're going to go to work or we're going to have a difficult conversation. Exploit your sense of choice. So, you know, the magic fairy isn't coming in to do the dishes so I can choose how I approach that. And being crabby and complaining about it is not going to clean the dishes and it's not going to make them go away. So why not play music and sing? Why not listen to a podcast and learn? So that if I pair something that I enjoy with something I need to do, I am transforming it. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in the, mm. in the mundane, if I stay in the drudgery, then that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can transform it. Listen, I really do have a life outside of listening to Julie Fowdy on television or, or podcasts. <laughs> but Jules, I'll go back to, I, I don't know if it was, it was an ESPN interview that you did with three other people that you can <laughs> fill in. I, you know, it tells you what I locked on to. But you were asked about the, world, the um, Olympic draw this summer. Mm, and everybody, mm-hmm. so hopefully you know, I'm not making yeah, this up. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Everyone's talking about the U.S. draw, the U.S. draw, mm-hmm. the U.S. draw. And, I'm, and I said, I'm sitting here and I yell to the TV before you answered, right? Like, there is no bad draw. There is. And I'm like, here's what I said, because I knew how you were going to approach it. I'm like, bring it. That's what I yelled to the TV. I'm like, no, Bring you it. already knew what she was going to say. I knew, I knew her orientation. So I yelled, bring it. And she's like, there is no bad draw. We want to go through every, you see that it's that perspective. That's a choice. Oh, it just doesn't seem fair to me. How come we always get the, well, here we go again. The hardest teams out there again. 
Jules, I'm asking you sincerely. Do you hear that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, here I we do. Are. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of and people like, who do that. Bring it, suckers. <laughs> you know, you're in our house now. It's in Tokyo. Yeah, and you're in our house now. We <laughs> own Tokyo, right? It's that perspective. What I'm hearing is a lot of positive action and not just positive thinking. Thank you. Thank you. Your reward will be great. I'm done. I'm done here. I am done for lack of permitted. Mike. This is not positive thinking and positive affirmation. I'm here to pump. Yeah, ah, yeah, not not that. Whatever that is, not that. This isn't cheerleading. This isn't positive thinking. This isn't Pollyanna, everything will work out. It's roll up your sleeves, hard work. It's a decision, right? It's a decision that you make. Flash is the best. She is. Congratulations to all of our season five dopey winners. So go on, go exploit your power of choice by wisely choosing to join us for season six of Laughter Permitted. And our goal this season and every season really is to hunt joy. Another hackerism, as you all know. And we can announce our first guest of the season. Julie, cue our only other sound effect. The drum roll, please. It's WNBA legend, Sue Bird. Yes! Sue's in the house! And you know, everyone in the Dope Village means so much to us. We're here because of you, and we want to keep this village growing. You can help us out to do that by sharing your favorite episode with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and basically just follow us everywhere. Uh, We also want to thank our sponsors who are coming back for more. Our presenting sponsor, of course, who's been with us since day one, Ally and Dick's Sporting Goods. And, of course, we want to thank you for listening. Thanks for your dopeness. We love and appreciate all of you. Even if you don't think a cinnamon roll is a donut. Yes, I'm looking at you, Kat Osterman. And remember, (laughs) as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. I need to ring my, my cowbell before she squeaks the donut.